Hey, Pastor Josh here. Thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church, you can go to LegacyCityChurch.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. Happy New Year. How's everybody doing? Okay. Welcome to church. It is, uh, it's 2022. Can you believe this? It feels like we are in the future, and we are. We actually are. I mean, when I graduated high school, I remember thinking that 2020 was so far away that there was no way we could possibly get to it, and here we are. And uh, we're in 2022, and soon 2030, and to soon 2040, and you say, that's so far away, but it's really not. And uh, time is moving, and uh, we are moving forward, and I want to encourage you this morning not to be discouraged by the last couple of years, but encouraged at another opportunity, another canvas really before us. Uh, you get to paint this year however you want to. You do. Um, you are ultimately in control of the decisions that you make every single day. Regardless of what's happening around you, you get the opportunity to react the way that you want to. It's up to you. There may be some storms on the horizon. There may be some waves, big ones to catch and ride. And I hope that you would. Um, I think if we find ourselves week after week, month after month, year after year, setting the mindset in a place of despair, then we'll find ourselves uh, really just muscling through it from day to day. But if we turn our eyes to the Lord, if we turn our eyes to His hope and the opportunity that He's given us each and every day, each and every month, each and every year, I believe that we can hope and believe for great things. You seen the movie Life is Beautiful? Gosh, if you have not seen this film, it's one of the greatest films ever made. I saw this a long time ago. Anyway, teenage years, early 20s, and man, it is magical. It's a story about uh, a little boy and his dad and his mom, and uh, they get taken into the Holocaust. A little boy named Joshua is his name. And uh, this little boy, he's got to be four or five years old. His dad chooses to make life beautiful for him in the midst of the Holocaust. He plays a game with him. He says, if you see a tank, you get a thousand points if you hide from it. If you see a soldier, you get 5,000 points if you run away and hide from him. And he plays this game with his son all the way through the Holocaust. It's magical. He makes life beautiful in the midst of darkness. And I am telling you that that is who we are as Christians. We are the light in the darkness. We get to shine brightly in the darkness. God has equipped you and, he, and empowered you to do so. He's given you gifts, talents, and abilities to shine into your neighbor, into your coworker, into friends and family, into those around you. I'm hoping today that we will be able to nail down, really anchor down in some foundational truths as we begin this new year, and that we would look back on the end of this year and say, yes, I was anchored in the things that mattered. I was able to accomplish what I desired to accomplish, and I'm okay with where I'm at in life. I want you, church, so badly. I want us to be simply content. Just okay, at peace. Look, I want more. I want to strive for more. I like conquering. I like creating. I like building. 
But we need to, with that context, be at peace today and okay with what God has given me and allowed me to achieve and allowed me to do up to this point in life. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 1 in our Bibles. Daniel chapter 1, if you want to turn there. The title of the message is Resolved in the New Year. Resolved in the New Year. I do this message every year and I kind of modify and just keep building on it because there are these staple sermons just like the Easter message or the resurrection, our resurrection Sunday, our Christmas sermon in the birth of Christ, uh, Reformation Day on Halloween, uh, the beginning of the year, the end of the year. There are these staple times when we really need to reflect on these same messages over and over and over again. Heard of a story, maybe you heard of this one around New Year's. Susie was taking an afternoon nap on New Year's Eve before the festivities, and after she woke up, she realized she had a vivid dream. So she went to her husband, Joe, and said, Joe, I just had this dream, and I dreamed that you gave me a diamond ring for New Year's present, New Year's Eve present. What do you think it means? Wink, wink, nod, nod. Joe says, ah, you'll know tonight with a smile on his face. Well, at midnight, as the New Year's was chiming in, Joe approached his wife Susie and handed her a small package. So excited, she opened it quickly and found a book titled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> come on. That was a bad one. That wasn't that good. Okay, come on. New Year's Eve. I hope you had a good New Year's Eve. And New Year's Day, anybody watch the, uh, the Rose Parade? Anybody watch that? Yeah. I missed the whole thing. I completely forgot. I don't know what's going on, but uh, we did see it being set up there in Pasadena. It's crazy. Time is passing by. Time is, is an interesting thing. We as people are trapped within certain barriers each day, season, and year. We are only limited to a certain amount of years on the earth, and no one can get away from it. The sun rises at a certain time, and each day it sets. And humans for thousands of years have been experiencing it. You are experiencing a sunrise and sunset just like those of ancient times. You're experiencing seasons in the same way. You get the same 24 hours as they did. Our bodies desire sleep when it's dark. And our eyes open when the sun is brought upon them. Now we've been able to scale seasons to some degree. Farmers have not been able to for thousands of years. And even though we have been able to scale them, it doesn't mean our bodies and minds aren't adhering to them. We are trapped to time. Days are over with a day of work and a few errands run. Days are over so fast. Weeks pass by before you know it, and you're thinking, wow, it's already Friday. A lack of paying attention to months results in passing into the next thing. Thinking, wow, it's already fall. Summer is gone. Here comes the holidays, and before you know it, another year has passed, and you can't believe it's 2022. No one escapes time. You've heard the illustration before. I'll give it to you again. If you had a bank that credited your account each morning with $86,000 every day that carried over no balance from day to day. 
It allowed you to keep no cash in your account and everything, every evening would be canceled whether part of the amount used or not during the day, it would be gone. If you use part of it, it would be gone. If you use all of it, it would be gone. Obviously, if you use none of it, it would be gone. So you have to use it every single day. Draw out every cent every day. Of course, use it to your advantage. Well, you have such bank. You have such a bank, and its name is Time. Every morning, it credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night, it rules off as a loss. Whatever of this you failed to invest to good purpose, it carries over no balances. It allows no overdrafts. Each day it opens a new account with you. If you fail to use the day's deposit, the loss is yours. There's no going back. There's no drawing against tomorrow. Time is, I think, the most valuable thing on the planet. And I think the wisest investment of that time is relationships people because when you are old at the end of your life this is what you think about think about people and relationships sure that deal that you missed out on or a thing you wanted to accomplish maybe eats at you a little bit but at the end of the day the way that you treated people and the way that they treated you this is what gets at us Time is passing, and how do you want to spend it this year? You want to hear the top 10 resolutions? Are you ready? I'll give you my quick tips for them. I don't even know if you want them, but I'll just give it to you anyways. Number one, of course, losing weight. It's really simple. Uh, just find healthy foods you love and get on eating them. That's it. Simple. Find healthy foods you love, get on eating them, and you'll magically lose weight. Getting organized. Set a day uh, set a day or time to organize or it will never happen. If you haven't scheduled what you're doing this week, it's not going to happen. It's just the truth. You've got to write it down. You've got to schedule it out. I try to get away from this as a young person. I remember one of my bosses saying, write it down, write it down, write it down. I'm like, no, I don't need to write it down. I got it all up here. I accomplished nothing. I was all over the map. I was a wild kid just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I didn't know where I was going. I had no aim right? Um, people want to spend less and save more. It's very simple. Only buy what you need, not what you want. Buy what you need, not what you want. Then when it comes time to buy what you want, you'll be able to. See? And uh, I tried to establish this with my wife from day one. We made a little pack. I said, babe, please, Let's just buy only what we need. And I promise, when we go on vacation or we want to spend money on the weekend, want to do whatever, you will be able to buy whatever you want. And we were able to discipline ourselves in the beginning to do that. And God has blessed us. I'm thankful. Uh, if you need help tracking spending, I use an app called Mint. It's great. People want to enjoy life to the fullest. Number four. And uh, the way to do that is you have to plan uh, to rest for the year. Map out this year when you're going to rest and what you're going to do. Then lock it in place and make it happen. Lock it in place. I dare you, buy the tickets. I dare you, book the hotel. I dare you, just, just drop it in. And all of a sudden, you're chained to it. It's great. You're forced to rest and enjoy life. People want to stay fit and healthy, number five. Again, find a workout you enjoy and do that one. 
Don't do a plan that somebody else wants you to do. Find the one that you like and then just get on doing it. Learn, they want to learn something exciting. Number six, uh, my tip is Audible. It's amazing. If you've never downloaded Audible, you can listen to hundreds of books very, very quickly. You just listen to them all day when you're doing stuff. You consume tons of information learning something quickly. People want to quit smoking, number seven. It's hilarious. Uh, I, my quick tip is to work on fasting. Uh, tell your body no for half a day. Don't eat. Tell your body no for a full day. Then you'll magically be able to grow in telling yourself no in other things. And even like smoking if you want to. Number eight is help others in their dreams. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to be an encourager instead of a fixer. I'm a fixer. I like to fix stuff. But it's better to be an encourager. Encourage people in their dreams and what they're trying to accomplish. Help enable them to accomplish them. Number nine, people want to fall in love. Fall in love. Um, quick tip, you attract who you are. Focus on being the right person and you will attract the right person. See that? You are the lure, you are the bait to the fish you're trying to catch. So be the lure and the bait that you want to catch. You be that person and that is who you will catch. Very simple. Number 10 is people want to spend more time with family. Schedule your family time every week if you can. One day off, one date night a week if you can pull it off, and magically you get family time. Quality time comes from quantity of time. You don't get to force quality time. Okay, quality time, here we go, let's do this. No, you get quality moments in the midst of lots of quantity of time. What are my resolutions? Uh, I think now more than ever my focus is on my family. I want to spend more time making memories with my wife, my babes, Eden and Shep. I don't know. I mean, sure, I got dreams and goals and things that I want to accomplish, but I don't know. I honestly feel I'm okay with dying today if that absolutely happened. I'm not going to regret anything. I feel like the major goals and dreams that I wanted to accomplish have been done, but I've noticed that my shift has changed from the exterior success of goals or money or building or whatever it may be if those things come praise god come what may right this is great but in the end of the day i'm noticing that my shift in my gaze has gone more towards my wife and my kids that that is where the value is in my personal life though society is trying to slow down i am not going to be slowing down i'm not letting time get past me this is special time that i can never get back and so I am ready and focused to charge forward in 2022 if you will come with me. If you want to move forward, if you want to engage, uh, I, I'm talking about obviously on a church level, but if you adopt that on a personal level, that's great too. According to statisticbrain.com, only 8% of people are successful in achieving the resolutions. People who explicitly make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't make any resolutions. Write them down. Maybe later today. Maybe you haven't taken the time this week to do so yet, but I would encourage you to do so. But I would even go one step further that the reason people don't keep their resolutions or goals is because they have not truly purposed and made the decision in their hearts, then planned how they are going to do this. This is what we are going to look at today. 
resolving our lives to do what we desire. We are in Daniel chapter 1 in our Bibles. We're going to look at this young Daniel resolving in his heart to do something, and he actually was able to do it. Can we stand for the reading of God's Word? We always stand for the reading of God's Word to pay honor to Him and to remember whose Word we are reading. We're going to read to verse 16 in our Bibles. Are you there in your text? I'm reading from, reading from the Legacy Standard Version. Daniel chapter 1 says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. The king said, Then the king said, for Ashpenaz, the king of his officials, to bring some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal seed and of the nobles, youths in whom was no defect, who were in good appearance, hilarious, showing insight in every branch of wisdom, being thoroughly, uh, thoroughly knowledgeable and discerning knowledge, and who had the ability to stand in the king's palace and he said for him to teach them the literature and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank and appointed that they should be educated three years and at the end of which they were to stand before the king. Now among from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the officials set names for them for and for Daniel, he set the name Belshazzar, for Hananiah, Shadrach, for Mishael, Meshach, and for Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel set in his heart, resolved in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel loving kindness and compassion before the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. But Daniel said to the overseer, who the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed before you and the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, it was seen that their appearance was better and that they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. So the overseer continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story. And we thank you for the work you did in Daniel. You resolved in his heart as he made the decision you enabled him to make those decisions and then to stand before the king of his day we pray god that you would help us as a church as a people to resolve in our hearts the things that are good and true and right 
and just and godly. We pray, Lord, that you would anchor these things in our hearts. These roots would go down deep and that we would bear much fruit because of it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Our story began with King Nebuchadnezzar besieging Jerusalem. And he took some of the precious elements from the temple of God and placed them in his own temple to his own gods. King Nebi, we'll call him. Yes, King Nebi called one of his chiefs to search through the land for young men who would be great spokesmen for his kingdom. Daniel was chosen along with his three friends. And they had to be, have a little bit of wisdom. They had to be of good stature. They had to be good looking. The king wanted these young men to be trained at the highest schooling and brainwashed with his worldview. So the king gave these young men he gave them all of the finest things, including the best food and wine from the king's table, buffet-style, all-you-can-eat. All-you-can-eat. Beating the Rio out in Vegas. Yes, all-you-can-eat, the finest foods at the king's table. And the king even changed their names to brainwash them into that society. Very interesting. And educated them for three years. Interesting, the amount of time. But while all these fine things were being given to these young men, Daniel had purposed in his heart, the text says. He had resolved that he would not disobey God by eating the unclean food and drinking the wine of this pagan king. He went so far as to ask the master chief in charge of the food if he could be allowed not to eat or drink any of it. And we will see the chief's response in just a bit, but this is where our story picks up. Daniel has resolved in his heart not to obey, not to obey the king, but to obey God. And this is what's important. He had resolved. The Legacy Standard Version uses that he set in his heart. He set in his heart what he was going to do. He had prepared. The word resolved is to settle or find a solution to a problem dispute. To decide firmly on a course of action. To decide firmly. I like that word. To decide firmly, this is what I will do. So that in the moment of battle, in the heat of a moment, I have prepared my mind and my heart as to how I will act and what I will do. The NASB, the New American Standard Bible, says, but Daniel made up his mind. Mind's made up. I remember hearing, uh, I don't know, I think when I was young, I remember hearing older people say this phrase all the time, their mind is made up. Made up their mind. They're not going anywhere else. It's stubborn. It is important to see that Daniel would not have been able to resist the food and drink of the king had his mind not already been made up and resolved. Think about it. You're like, oh my gosh, I got the golden ticket. I got the golden ticket. I'm going to the house of the king and I get to enjoy the banquet feast of the king. And look at all my friends are going with me. A bunch of young guys in there. It's a fraternity, man. 
We're going to college. We're going to be educated for three years in the culture of the king. They're going to train us. We get to eat and feast and do whatever we want. If you had not purposed in your heart prior to entering into that situation, if Daniel had not resolved in his heart prior to entering the situation, guess what? He's going right along with all of the other dudes. It's going to happen. Family, don't trust that you'll make the right decision in the moment. You won't because our sinful hearts will help us to make the wrong decision. That's why credit cards are profitable. That's why. You know how they give all those points away? Well, look at all these points they're going to give away. It's because people don't pay off their credit cards. They say they're going to when they swipe that baby. But then when it comes around at the end, ah, I can let it go for one month. I paid the piper big time in my youth. I swiped that credit card a lot. New Vox amp, new guitar, big bucks. That interest rate jumped to like 22%. I was paying out the nose, making minimum payments. I didn't know what was going on until some old men sat me down and said, dude, you got to pay this off. What are you doing? Pay it all off. Get out of debt. Leverage these credit cards. Steal those points. Pay it off every single month. Build credit. This is why Vegas works. Sin City, right? The reason it works is because they are betting on the fact that you will not make the right decision. And that's why the city is so profitable. That's why Black Friday is a rage. No one is thinking, no one is planning, just impulse. That looks like a good deal though. Flash deal? Oh, there's a timer on it. Oh, there's a timer on it. Put it in the cart. Only seven left. It's been saying that all year long. Just impulse, no planning. That's why many live check to check because they choose not to control their spending. This is why people can't stay healthy and health insurance keeps going up because they know that more people will always be more sick than before if we do not plan and project. If we do not resolve anything in life, we must plan on living in our continued pattern of bad decisions. It's true. We plan, we take our time and project. I'm not asking you to do anything that you're not capable of doing. You're a smart person. You're fully capable of accomplishing these things. I know you are. How do you know that? Because I was a sloppy kid, very sloppy. And I had to learn the hard way through many, many bad situations. Why did Daniel do this? Why was Daniel saying no to this pagan's food and drink it was because he had a relationship with God and he did not want to damage that relationship God had blessed him and saved him and he could not help but want to bless God back with obedience he would not defile the Lord and I love this he had purpose in his heart before he went off to King Nebi's college I will not defile the Lord in that place not going to do it he had prayed about it. He had thought about it. He had written it down. He had read about it. He knew that when he stepped into that atmosphere, he knew he, he was going to be. He knew that who was going to affect him. It wasn't going to be anybody in there. It was going to be God. He had his eyes set on the goal, on the prize. He knew what he would do before entering in. Think about a soldier who prepares for battle. 
any of us were sent into battle today in the middle of World War II, we would go mad. Because we're not prepared, we're not trained, we have no clue what to do. But if you were trained like a Navy SEAL at the highest level, and you've gone through the repetition and the muscle memory thousands of times, when you step into that atmosphere and the bombs are going off and people are attacking all this, you have clear focus because you're already prepared. You have already resolved in your heart and mind which you will do. The reason why many of these, I don't know, people who have accomplished much on the earth tell young people and little kids, you can do anything you set your mind to. The reason they say this over and over and over again is because they know the process of discipline and setting your mind. They know the process of vision. They know the process of resolving in something so much that you will, through repetition, eventually get to it. It is the way the earth is designed. It's the way that it's created. Yes, probably none of us in here will be Michael Jordan. But through much repetition and discipline, you could get pretty high on the charts of basketball. Maybe you don't make it to the pros, but you may get right there to the edge and maybe even step in through much discipline, through much repetition. And I want to add, what can you do with the power of God? Daniel did not pull up his bootstraps and say, I'm going to muscle through a pagan king. He said, I will lean on the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who? Those who wait upon the Lord. I am telling you, family, the greatest strength, hope, and motivation comes from our God who has created it. The gospel has changed us forever. And it is near impossible to make decisions that are not selfish unless God is involved. This is not something natural. It is something supernatural that God did in Daniel and God can do in us. God has to intervene. God has to empower our hearts. The gospel has changed us forever, and we no longer worship the kings of this world. I'm sorry, Nebi. You are not my king. I have another king. His name is Jesus. We worship the one and true king of kings. We worship God, and that changes our commitments in life forever. Romans 12.1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the New Living Translation. It's beautifully put. Legacy family, can we resolve our lives? 
Resolve about life comes to our hearts because of the change God brings to us. We can't help but want to resolve or make up our mind about who we are and who we will be in life when we realize we have a king. I have a king and I follow him and I listen to his command and I walk in his ways. Thus I start to resolve my life in that path, in that way. I try to walk in obedience to him. I love the idea of resolving in our hearts and minds, purposing, making up our minds about the future, what we will do and how we will act in obedience to the Lord because of what he has done for us. Long term, let me ask you this. Are you going to walk with the Lord all the days of your life? Have you resolved that in your heart? I'm walking with the Lord no matter what. He's my king. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. You see, people can't keep their resolutions each year because their hearts are not prepared and resolved. So I'm going to do this. Are you? Have you resolved that in your heart? Have you written it down? And when it comes to big life decisions and struggles, we need the help of the Lord. And that's what I want to add to you. Add to me. Is that when we sit down and start to think about the trajectory we are going to set our lives on, that we would sit down and add God into the equation. Write down your resolutions. Write down what you are resolved in and then bring it to the Lord. I dare you, write it in your journal and then bring it to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, would you help me to do this? I cannot do this on my own. I will be eating all the king's food. I'll be eating pork like, oh man, I'll be eating that entire thing. I'll be drinking down vats of wine. He's got that 1774 stuff, man. I can't get away from it. Unless he had resolved in his heart. You see, they need few resolutions whose life is already resolved in God. If our life is already resolved, we do not need lots of resolutions every single year. Maybe a tightening of the bolts on the ship. But we do not need a bunch more resolutions because our life is already resolved. Psalm 90.12, teach us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. Have you numbered your days? You should. How many days do you have left on the earth? Instead of saying, I'm this age, why don't we look at how much time you have left? And then start to project who you are going to be in that time. You aim at nothing, you hit it every time, right? Aim at nothing, that's what you hit. You gotta aim at something. We master our minutes or become slaves to them. We use time or time uses us. We like new cars, huh? We like new, new, new. What's with that, the new car smell? You can even buy the new car smell, isn't that hilarious? It's like, oh wow, what's that? Uh, this, this is like a 1970, you know, like, this is a new car smell in here. Wow, these seats are old. We like a new pair of socks, huh? 
We like a new pair of shoes, a new experience. We like taste, new tasty foods. We like new music. We like new opportunities. Why do we love new? I think we are all looking for that day when everything will remain new and perfect forever. And that's why people love a new year, a fresh start. We have the opportunity on this day, January 2nd, 2022, 2022, to make decisions for this year and for our church and for our lives individually. And I want everybody, if you would be so kind, would you pull out your phone or a pen and a journal, pull up your notes and prepare at least to write down what you are making your mind up about this year. Don't worry, I'm gonna go through categories and give you opportunity to write down one or two or three if you want to. Write down whatever you want. I'm not telling you to take notes. I'm just telling you to write down something. No, no, I got it in my brain, okay. First, I want to tell you what we have resolved about legacy, our church, and our roots, and what we as a church will never change. And I believe these are things that the church should be resolved about, but things we as Christians should be resolved about in our lives as well. As I work through this process and look at what we have resolved about as legacy, yep, legacy will never change in these things. Never. This is what we are going to anchor in and hold to. As I go over these six roots of legacy, I want you to write down how it affects your life, what it looks like for your life in 2022. Jot down something so you can at least think about it later today and this week. Prepare to plan and resolve in 2022. Our vision for legacy, our roots that basically support this tree and bring forth fruit in our church root number one is the gospel on sunday we are resolved to worship god on sunday we will never cancel church on sunday never never why would i ever do that sunday is the lord's day every single sunday for the rest of eternity is the lord's day people have been doing this for thousands of years why would we magically think we are so wise in changing that? At Legacy, we resolve to pray to our God on Sunday, to open and proclaim his word, to preach the gospel, to partake in communion and baptisms on Sunday. Acts 2.42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Yeah, I heard it. You heard it too. Churches were literally taking off. They canceled Sunday last week or this week because the way the Sunday falls in our week. And they're like, well, it's kind of the holidays, so we should just let the church staff take this time off and do these things. If you need to take off time, take a vacation. Take off time. I will. I always will. Take the time so that I am rested so I can come and minister to you here on Sunday. Or if it's time for me to rest, I'll invite somebody else in to come and rest. Or if you serve in the church or you work or you do this or you do that, take a Sunday off from time to time. Take five Sundays off. Don't worry. I already know. L.A. only comes to church like every third week. How do I know this? Because I used to go to a church where people showed up every single Sunday. I mean religiously. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, they show up every single week. Come to L.A., it's like, dude, every third week. This is just the rhythm of our church. It's the rhythm of L.A. It's okay. 
Root number two, the gospel in community. We won't remove this root. It will always be there. Number one was the gospel on Sunday. Sundays will always be there. It's always going to be happening. The gospel in community is number two, resolve to grow in community and family. This takes effort in our culture of Los Angeles. It's not easy. Legacy of the gospel has saved us to change through community. Sanctification happens together through one another. The world segregates away from one another. The gospel brings us together. Loving and serving one another as God has made us to be. Learning and worship happens on Sunday. But transformation comes through community, friendship and discipleship. What True was talking about earlier. Getting to know one another. Let somebody get to know you. Let somebody disciple you. You disciple someone else. One of my favorite things is being around people who are not like me. Because then I get to hear from different angles and perspectives and grow. I don't want to be around a bunch of me. That sounds lame. I want to be around other people who think differently, have been raised differently, are, are looking at the scriptures from different angles to minister and sharpen me. I need to be discipled too. I need to be built up and encouraged too. We all do. We all have gift, talents, and abilities. Every single one of you, God has gifted you in some way, shape, or form. Please now use that gift for the glory of God. Encourage one another. We experience the gospel through other believers as they speak it into our lives. There is so much gold sitting in one another. Did you know that? Bags of gold sitting in your neighbor. So many things you don't know and understand. And they want to give it to you, and you, well, I hope they do, and I hope you want to receive. Some of you need to lower your guard, and I know it's hard to do so in a city like this because it's hard to trust people because they'll hurt you. You open up and you trust them. They do mean stuff. They ghost you or they don't want to talk to you anymore. They act like you're not there. It's the way of this city. I know it well. I've experienced it a lot. We have to keep working on lowering the bar, in allowing the, the guardrail to go down a little bit so that we can let people in. Remember, you can have the skin of a rhino. It's okay, but keep the heart of a child. Keep the heart of a child. Keep believing. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. The text says it, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. Encourage one another, stir each other up to good works. Get in a community group, get in a home Bible study. If we don't have one for you, start one. Start one with three people. Get online and start one. Let's get together. Route number three is the gospel and family. Route number one, the gospel on Sunday. Route number two, the gospel and community anchor. Route number three is the gospel in family. We are to resolve to disciple our family. Resolve, please, legacy, to stay married no matter what. Stay married. Why would you tell people to do that? That's crazy. No, that's good. Let no one separate what God has brought together.
Let me take it a step further. The counseling that I do and go on, I see many times those wishing they could have gone back and done things better. Maybe you have the opportunity to do it now. Then do that. Stay married. Work through the hard seasons. They're just waves. They're just storms. They're just a few seasons. But anchor down. It is a mountain that not many climb in our generation. It's sad. How many do you know have been married 30, 40, 50 years? You will find only a few in this city. It's sad. We need more young people to make those decisions in our hearts and minds to stay married. And watch this. If you make that decision up front, I guarantee your actions following, the years following, will be a lot different. Because if the decision up front is, ah, I could bail if I need to, you will act a lot differently in those fights and arguments. But if your decision is, I am going to stay married no matter what, then your decisions are going to be a lot different in those arguments and reconciliation. Brothers, you especially lead your family in Jesus' name. Choose to die. Choose to lay it down. Choose to sacrifice as Christ did. And go say you're sorry. And go make things right. Let the more mature one go and reconcile. Make things right in Jesus' name. I've only been married 10 years, but man, I am discovering this more and more and more. In the beginning, I thought like, man, these waves are so big. I just like, there's so much to work through. And now, looking back, even on 10 years, I can see that was a big wave. And magically, three days later, I still, I'm still madly in love with her. I still want to go on walks. I still want to go to the beach. I still want to enjoy family and life. And man, above all, because of the gospel of Jesus, I want to reconcile and say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Let's make things right. Let's move forward. It's the best gift you can give to each other. We are resolved in the family. Resolved to raise godly kids. Well, you don't know if your kids are going to be godly. I am resolved to raise godly kids. And God will deal with that in the end. But I am resolved to teach my kids the love of the Father. That is our gift to them, no matter what. We as a church are resolved to make sure the family worships God. We are resolved to have the gospel, to be active in our marriages, loving and serving each other, showing grace to one another just as the Lord Jesus has shown to us, the gospel in our children's lives, loving our kids in the way God has loved us, raising them the way God has raised us. It's simple. Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel Adonai Heinu Adonai Echad. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You should talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the wayside, when you lie down, and when you rise. The gospel in our family. Root number four is the gospel in our city. Resolve to reach your city with the gospel. My life is going to be a billboard for God wherever I go. And I am not uh, super aggressive um, in society with the gospel. Uh, more and more in this society, I wait for the opportunities for it to come up. I wait for God to prompt me. I don't just walk up to every conversation and just yell Jesus in people's face. I don't do that. 
I just get to know people, I build relationships, and when the gospel opportunities come, the opportunity to minister. I love getting into circles and meeting people, and then that big question. This is for me personally, that's how it works. That big question comes along. So what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a teacher. Oh, really? What do you teach? History. <laughs> history? What kind of history? I teach the Bible. What? Are you a pastor? Yeah, I'm a pastor. What? You're not a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. Legacy will never stop loving and serving our city and looking for opportunities to bring the gospel to our city. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Matthew 5.16, let your light, please, let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works in this city and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Please, please. Please, more than ever, these last couple weeks, I've just been sitting and thinking when I'm by myself and I'm working out, when I'm, when I'm by myself doing a project or whatever it may be, I, I think constantly about what we can do as a church, as how to, to minister and to impact and to get after reaching out once again to this city. Because so much has happened in 2020 and 2021, and now we're all scared of each other. We can't get people to come back and give each other hugs and be friendly and all this stuff. Literally, I mean, it's, it's sad. And so it, it, it destroys community and it destroys church and the fabric of our society is breaking down. We have to figure out as a church and individually, how God is using you to reach out to your neighbor, the person next to you, and invite him to church, invite him to a community group, see what God will do. Route number five is the gospel and work. Resolve to use your work for God's glory. If you're a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, you work in entertainment, you run a business, you run a Fortune 500 company, you're at home being a mom, or you buy and sell real estate, if you do construction or work retail, do it for God's glory. Do it for God's glory. Resolve. I'm going to build this for God's glory. God has saved us to show the world what it looks like to work for God's glory and enjoy the earth. Look, 40 to 60 hours of our week is dedicated to work and it cannot be wasted. We get to bring the glory of God within our craft and do it with excellence. Be the best. And when the time comes, point to the Lord. Man, you're like the happiest guy on this set. Why are you so happy? You're, you're so sweet to us. Why are you so kind? We're very thankful for you. The Lord's been good to me. I'm blessed. Why are you so generous with everybody? Why are you taking care of everybody all the time? I love hearing testimony about Christians from non-believers. You know, I don't, I don't agree with their Jesus, but they're, man, they're the nicest person I ever met. They're just one step closer. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You work for the Lord, not for men. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. 
Do it all for his glory. Use your work. Resolve in your heart. You spend so much time here. What is it for? Route number six, and finally, the gospel and missions. Resolve to be on mission and make disciples for the rest of your life. This is who we are as a church. Disciples making disciples is our mission statement. We have been sent on mission on this earth into L.A. to make disciples through our lives and through our church. The best thing you could ever do is make a disciple this year. Pour into somebody else's life. Somebody did it for you. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody took the time to teach you. Now you go on teaching someone else. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, Hey guys, hey boys, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Me. Now, go. Make disciples of all nations. I got this. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them after you baptize them to observe all that I commanded you. And don't worry, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I will help you and equip you to do this. Those are the six roots of legacy. They will be a priority in our church forever and ever, and I hope they would be a priority in your life as well. As we close here, I think it's important to understand priority structure in our lives as we enter into this year. If you haven't figured out the priorities of your life, you won't be able to map out what is most important, how to accomplish it. I want to give you my priorities and what it looks like for my life, and I would hope for the Christian. So levels of importance in your life doesn't necessarily mean hours spent because then work would be number one. It's more value than hours, okay? Number one thing that you want to make sure and keep intact this year is your relationship with God, right? Now, how do we do this? You figure that out. Number two, your relationship with your spouse. Most important thing. Most important thing. Figure out how to make that work. For singles, obviously, that doesn't apply. Number three. Sorry, was that a bad joke? (laughs) Amen, Serge. Amen. 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 Relationship with your children. Number three, for some that doesn't apply. Relationship with your kids. How are you going to prioritize that? Number one, God. Number two, your spouse. Number three, your relationship with your kids. Number four is church. A long-term commitment to a congregation of people. Not bouncing around from congregation to congregation. Get involved with a group of people and let them come to know you and understand you and pray for you and encourage you. You want to keep the rhythm of church locked in. I understand there are seasons for everyone with work. And sometimes you're not able to be here for a season and then you come back. I totally get it, especially in this city. We have people in entertainment. We have people running businesses. We have people doing all kinds of things. Uh, You go back and forth between two cities. Totally understand. But... Resolve in your heart and mind to anchor into a church. It's what Christ has given to us. Number five priority is work and school. Number five. Yes. 
These things are far more important than work and school. Now, you may have to spend a lot of hours doing that. Fully understand. We all do. But where is the priority in your mind? Very important. Then number six is hobbies. Number six. Think about if you did it the opposite way. Hobbies are number one. Work is number two. Then church is number three. God is last. Your wife is second to last. The kids, this can't be. We must set the priority, then you build out the rhythms for your life. Philippians 3.13. Brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Forgetting the past. Forgetting the past. Pressing on to what lies ahead. Moving forward. Getting focused. And having a blast, please. Please get on enjoying life. Do it today. The sun's out. Isn't it nice? Get on enjoying life. Enjoy people. Enjoy one another. Love people. Bless people. Have a blast in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's all stand up. Love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And second, love your neighbor as yourself. And third... Get on and join the earth. We are blessed to have one another. We are blessed to have life and to have time. And I want to encourage you, church, to not be wasting it. I want to let you know that I'm very thankful for you as a church. I love you, Legacy. I'm committed to you. And excited to see where the Lord will take us in this next season. My greatest gift to you is the Word of God and a relationship with Him. If I can give you that, it is my greatest gift. Your greatest gift to me, that you would worship God and that you would know Him. Let us enter into the new year with new eyes, with new focus. Amen? And Father, that is our prayer. Oh God, give us peace as we enter into this new year. And I pray, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would resurrect us into life into this new year. That you would forgive us of the sins of the past and that you would move us forward in the future, walking in newness of life. New creation, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. We would have new vision. We have new commitment. That we would have be resolved in our heart with newness of life to walk in the ways of you, to love our neighbor as ourself, to enjoy the earth around us. Oh God, I pray that you would refresh us as we step into 2022. Would you do it in Jesus' name? Amen. 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 Love you guys. Happy New Year. God bless you. We will see you next week.